My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, friends, Shack House is back. And as always, presented by our friends at Callaway Golf, who are offering free shipping on any order through callawaygolf.com using the promo code HOUSE. That's H-O-U-S-E. I, my own self, just placed an order for two dozen Chrome Soft Golf Balls because I can't get enough of them, partly because I keep hitting them in the woods. But that's a whole different story. It's the ball that changed the ball. Chrome Soft brings fast ball speed and incredibly soft feel through a new dual core technology. Learn more at CallawayGolf.com. Callaway Golf, golf, my goodness gracious, CallawayGolf.com using the promo code HOUSE. Any order, uh, free shipping. Enjoy. Today on Shack House, I am live from beautiful Chaska, Minnesota house, and I are going to kick around the Ryder Cup, all things crazy, wacky, goofy. It's already only Wednesday, and this is already proving to be a real beauty here. And joining us out of great, dire concern for Tiger Woods later in the show will be Bill Simmons. Also, of course, we would be remiss if we did not talk about the passing of Arnold Palmer, which we will cover today. We hope to have a chat, too, as well with Dave Shedlosky, who was one of the last people to really work closely with the King on a new book that's coming out in two weeks. Let's go to the Shack House. House, greetings from freezing cold Chaska. Yeah, it, I, I've heard that you uh, you're in long sleeves. I saw oh, some yeah. wool hats uh, out there in Minnesota. What's going on? How, how did well, it so cold already? 
It's just nasty. But it, the good news is it's going to get a lot better. The forecast is great. We're going to have a golf tournament without uh, some sort of weather boondoggle, it appears. No rain delays, no nothing. It's going to be sunny and getting to 70 degrees on the weekend. So it'll be a little chilly. You'll get to see the wives pull out some, some uh, uh, fantastic gear, I'm sure, on Friday and Saturday mornings. Always part of the Ryder Cup, though. You know, the whole all the bling, all of the over overkill and excess of the uniforms and the uh, and the and the families and the spouses and the caddies and the teachers and the cart driving assistants and oh, it's just beautiful. We love it. We love the excess. It is part uh, of the charm. Uh, I I always <clears throat> take a look at the clothes and try and pick out is there is there are there is there a single outfit that I think that I could put on. And almost always the answer is no. <laughs> well, they've learned their lessons from, from the, the purple cardigan debacle of the Pavin years. Uh, and the, the Americans are all red, white, and blue this week. We're not, we're not venturing into any other color schemes. And then Darren Clark has got the Euros. He's keeping things very simple and minimalist. So I think this year could be the year you could you you have a chance i just went i uh, was in the merchandise tent and they they're actually selling all of the scripted outfits every day you can even buy the the, the bloody bag that they use uh with their names on it or get your name on it and uh, that's only eight hundred dollars it's a deal so that that that's perfect <laughs> uh maybe this will be the year yeah, maybe this year they'll be presentable. That said, all this wonderful thought put into uniforms and planning, uh, everything is screaming that they have, com- the, at least the Americans, have completely overthought this, completely overanalyzed. Uh, Davis Love, is uh, he's in on the analytics, then he's kind of out on them. Uh, he will listen to anybody. I mean, literally, if the guy uh, down at uh, the local Starbucks sees him in the morning, I think he might listen to his thoughts on some, some pairings. He, he is... Um, I, I admire that about him that that's his, that he's that kind of guy but I just can't fathom how this is going to work that all these people have all this input and it's going to lead to uh, a successful conclusion um, but that Phil gave a very long chat today about how that has not been the case in the past he threw another captain under the bus <laughs> this time Hal Sutton uh, he, he gave the whole story on how in, he and Tiger never got to test each other's balls, and um, it sounded a little like one of Tom Brady's Deflategate press conferences. Uh, and he um, he clarified why that was important for them to to do such things and communicate. So uh, they, they they're on the same page, all, all of them now. They claim, and that's going to be the difference. Well, look, I I will say uh, part of the phenomena that seems to be going on here is the what appears to be insatiable appetite for the Ryder Cup. The, the media, and maybe it's because of the way that the golf season went this year, where basically from the Olympics up until this moment, um, folks paid you know attention with one eye to the FedEx Cup playoffs. But really since the Olympics um, completed... The, the real focus has been on the Ryder Cup. I know you, we, are, we our own selves are guilty of this. We've been talking about the Ryder Cup selections um, really since the, the uh, early August you know, wrap-up of the golf tournament um, down in, in Rio. And the, um, the, the sheer volume of, of commentary, I think, is as much to blame for you know, the idea that... that uh, um, DL3 has been overanalyzing as, as any of it. It's, it's uh, our attention to what DL3 might be going through and might be looking at. I will say 
we, uh, as a point of example, there was so much talk about the right selection for that 12th slot that was left open for after the FedEx uh, Cup playoff, after the, the last round at Eastlake. And uh, through a crazy coincidence, the intervening event of Arnie's passing really took away all of the luster, all of the, the I guess I would say, sort of pent-up furor around um, how that slot was going to get filled. And there was, in the leaks, the weeks leading up, so much speculation about, you know, choosing a young guy, choosing a rookie. What about Bubba? Um, and, you know, that whether it's going to be analytics-driven or is it going to be personality-driven? And then very quietly... Um, in the midst of a very touching uh, tribute by Mike Tirico son- during the Sunday Night Football broadcast. Yeah, that was amazing, wasn't it? On it, short it was notice. a really wonder- wonderful tribute on short notice. He slipped in that the, the 12th pick was Ryan Moore, which is, to me, totally appropriate, um, yeah. both in the way of, of recognizing the moment, but also the right pick because the dude played head-to-head against Rory McIlroy in that final round, shot the same score of him, basically went 20 holes with Rory McIlroy, and McIlroy had to make um, a pretty, uh, you know, it, it wasn't the hardest birdie putt ever, but he had to make a birdie putt to finally vanquish Ryan Moore, and Ryan Moore's been playing well. He's been in form for, you know, six, seven, eight weeks now, and it was kind of a no-brainer of a pick, and we all just moved on. Because you know we were everybody was properly focused on on the tributes uh, to Arnie and 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 uh, you know nobody's blinking an eye at this point on uh, about um, Ryan Moore is the twelfth. It was a funny nod to Bubba. Uh, you know the yeah. story is that he asked and the, the the team agreed to let him have a role. And you're there in Minnesota. Tell us a little bit about <laughs> what what you're hearing went went down around that whole thing. Um, it's very simple. If they had said no, then it looks really awful, and it is awkward, and it's sort of embarrassing. And, and how can you say no to somebody who was so patriotic and passionate about the Olympic golf and representing his country and wanting to be here and volunteer to, I don't know what he can do other than bring people water and uh, get the crowd riled up, which he's already been doing, because I don't think any of the players really want to hear any of his thoughts um, or, or from his multiple voices. Uh, and he doesn't want to touch anybody. He says he doesn't like to he doesn't like to touch people or be touched. So uh, he'll be staying far away from people. So it was the right thing for Davis Love to do to just not have a controversy. But obviously, it adds another. There's another person in the room, and uh, whatever. It's it's hopefully. I don't. I don't. Uh, I think it's great that he did it. Davis Love did, and uh, just to prevent any controversies. And you know, Bubba's a, a complex individual, and for all of his faults, he does have some amazing moments. And I think somehow it will it will benefit them. I still think though he should have been one of the first few picks in that first group of three, and that uh, Ricky Fowler should not have been. And uh, I think that was done because Ricky didn't make the tour championship. And so it would have looked a little weird picking him after not playing in the tour championship. But, of course, I think he would have then been eliminated by Ryan Moore because he had to be. And uh, so so Ricky was is on the team, I think, because the guys like him. The, uh, and, and he's uh, more stable than, than Bubba. And we'll see how he performs and we'll see how much he, he plays. I mean, it's not like Ricky's you – know, people forget how – we've had people come into this Ryder Cup who were – 
really playing poorly. And so the U.S. team, everybody's, there's all this consternation about, oh, Ricky hasn't been great. Well, he hasn't been great, but he also shot a 64 in the Olympics, and he, it's not like his game is way off. We've had people come into this where we've, we've really struggled to f- figure out who fills those last few spots. Uh, both teams have had that at times. And and I don't feel like anybody except maybe, you know, there have been some rumblings on the European side about uh, Chris Wood's health, if he's 100%, how his game is, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. But, again, you look at their records coming in, and, and nobody, nobody's been really stinking it up badly. So I, 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 don't, I think we're going to see some incredible golf because of that, and I don't think we're going to see anything too awful in the way of uh, uh, really, really bad play. We'll see the choking. I mean, there will be the, the inevitable choking from the, the pressure of it all, and I think that's why people love the Ryder Cup because um, not that they, they want to see car crashes. They just they just love to see these people who play this game so unbelievably well most of the time see it get to even them on a stage like this, and that's what makes it so fun. Well, look, we do have the re- uh, the reintroduction of the pod system, the famous pod system that, uh, yeah, yeah. that Paul, Paul, Paul Azinger used in 2008, where he um, essentially took, you know, three four-man teams, uh, you know, independent mini teams and empowered them with some, some decision-making and kind of ownership of, of their own uh, kind of trajectory the, the pods, uh, as we have them configured this year, we have Ricky Fowler, Zach Johnson, Phil Mickelson, and, and Jimmy Walker in uh, pod number one. I'm going to call that pod, if you don't mind, Team Cash. <laughs> we have Jimmy Walker, who loves to wear the black as Johnny Cash. Uh-huh. We have Phil Mickelson, who likes to bet the cash. We have Ricky and wear black. Ricky Fowler likes to make the cash. And Zach Johnson, he needs a little. This is a little bit forced, I admit it. He needs a, he needs some cachet. <laughs> he needs the cash. He needs. I mean, he's okay. He's got a couple majors. I'm sure he's doing just fine cash wise. He could use a little cachet. Pod number two, we've got Cooch and the and the three sons. I mean, it's it's my ver, it's a version of my three sons. I'm calling leave it leave it to Coocher. <laughs> Cooch is the dad of this group, right? We've got Dustin Johnson, Matt Coocher, Patrick Reed, and Jordan Spieth. Cooch is the dad. We've got the good son, Jordan Spieth. He's the honor roll student. He's if it was if it was leave it to Beaver, he would be the Beaver. We yeah. have the slacker son, Dustin Johnson, oh, yeah. uh, who who is is not quite Eddie Haskell. He's more Wally than Eddie Haskell. And then Patrick Reed is kind of the black sheep here, right? He he's not always in trouble, but when he gets in trouble, he likes to go big. So yeah. maybe he's the, the Eddie Haskell here. <laughs> so that's my, my leave it to Coocher pod. And then the last pod, J.B. Holmes, Brooks Kepka, Ryan Moore, and Brant Snedeker. We had a good chat with our pal Bill Simmons um, that's going to run a little bit later here. And, and this theme gets picked up. This, this pod I'm calling Team Who Is That? Because if I'm sitting on the couch on Sunday, as I will be, with my lovely bride, my lovely wife, and any one of those four guys comes on the screen, she, she, I get this nudge. Hey, hey, who is that? Who is that? We don't. Yeah. And part of that is because none of these guys are major winners. They're not prominent uh, for their for marketing uh, talent or marketing angles. Um, all very solid players, and uh, obviously very deserving of being on the team. But that's that's that pod. I'm going to call team. Who is that? But I, what do you think about the the pod system here? Uh, it, you know, it worked for them in 2008. So if that's what makes them 
uh, feel comfortable and they, they get some vice captain who, and we don't know which vice captain oversees which which pod, uh, and probably we don't really care, but it did really work for them uh, in 2008 because they just, uh, you know, there's just so much going on with all this, uh, the hoopla here of the whole event that, that, that having that uh, that little smaller group, Paul Azinger believed, was a way to make this all kind of function, and, and if that's what gets them to buy in, uh, great. I, I just, house, you know I just laugh, though, at the whole thing because it's, you have these these monster egos, these people who have excel at a game that is very difficult to play under pressure because they are lone wolves. They are uh, very, very confident in themselves. They are people who succeeded in golf because they probably weren't very good at team sports. And then they're forced every two years in this event to be a team. And, and their idea of what team, being a, on a team, uh, looks like is is just funny. It, it, we're seeing it in all this stuff with the with the uh, the pods and the and the and the analysis and and we're going to use analytics. I mean, I ne- if yeah, I don't even get going on the analytics, but this idea that you can plug people in because they have uh, these statistical uh, uh, traditions or habits is just laughable. Because in the Ryder Cup, you just throw all that out, and so it's entertaining to watch all of this try to come together and if that make if these little things make them buy in great um but of course you know then we have the element of that we, we have generational divides we had a generational divide last time phil mickelson and tom watson and now we have a different one where we have phil and tiger come from this generation and then you have these younger guys who are trying to channel a little more arnold palmer <laughs> and so they'll have tiger out there driving around now tiger will not be driving I, I am I am here to report exclusively. Nota Begay will be his cart driver, so so Tiger will be a passenger in his own cart this week, free to to roam. And by the way, he can't solicit advice on the course. Only the captain can solicit advice. Tiger can uh, bring him a bottle of water, uh, give him a little shoulder rub, you know, say hi, shuttle uh, shuttle a wife to uh, to come greet her husband when he wins a match, and that's that's about it. So it's it's off the courses where maybe they have an influence. Is there anybody else who's being driven around like that? I have not. No, it appears the other vice captains, uh, from what I've seen, uh, are doing their own driving, although, you know, it's early. Uh, There there are PGA of America officers who sometimes get called to to do that so that the vice captains can can focus on, on the important things and not run over any spectators. And let me tell you, House, there are so many people out here Yesterday, Tuesday, absolutely packed. There was nothing to see except some practice round golf and a celebrity a match uh, thing with Bill Murray and Michael Phelps and some chefs and uh, some other athletes uh, from, from Europe. And, and these people are unbelievable. They are so passionate about this. I mean, to see that many people on a Tuesday, it's cold, it's crazy. They are going to be such a factor. In, I mean, the crowd's always a factor in the Ryder Cup, but these – these Minnesotans are bringing some serious passion to this thing, and uh, and and uh, maybe we'll get to it after our chat with Bill if we have time. But we may have to do a little reading from Peter Willett's uh, uh, piece today about um, about the American fan, which may influence some of their uh, catcalls with uh, their with with the great Peter Willett or Danny Willett, excuse me. Yeah, they. Uh, 
I saw that that um, Clark and and Danny, uh, Darren Clark and Danny Willett had to already um, distance the team a, a little bit from from PJ Willett's com- <laughs> comment commentary. It was a highly literate takedown. I was very impressed by the you know Ooh. the way he laid it all out, um, and and actually thought it was pretty funny. But I imagine our crowd is going to lap that up, and it's going to be a wonderful narrative. Poor Danny Willett, what he's going to hear this week. Oh. Um, it's <laughs> it, it, it's a pretty good uh, it, 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 it's a you couldn't ask for anything better than that. No, no. Well, since he's so worried about Tiger Woods, don't you think we should get Bill on the line and and hear about his concerns for for Tiger this week? Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. Hey, a quick break from uh, and a word from one of our great sponsors, our best sponsor, of course, our friends at Callaway. You know, one of the most interesting characters on the PGA Tour is New Zealander Danny Lee. He's part goofball, major prankster, and an elite pro golfer, aided by swing coach Drew Steckel. These two can barely make it through a game of air hockey without butting heads. Their friction has resulted in multiple wins, and Danny's top 100 ranking is actually 54th, which is in part why Callaway partnered with Vice Sports to chronicle a day in the life of Danny and Drew's relationship as part of the new Guide to Pro Golf series. Watch how this duo thrives and keeps each other laughing at CallawayGolf.com slash Vice Sports. That's CallawayGolf.com slash Vice Sports. And Vice has been doing some great stuff with them and uh, definitely worth checking out. Today's episode is also brought to you by one of our favorite sponsors, Harry's. There is so much to love about Harry's. Personally, I love Harry's because, one, right before this trip, I threw out a blade right into the trash can, felt no guilt whatsoever because of their great price. But, of course, there's also the comfortable glide, the closeness of the shave, the beautiful packaging design of everything they do so uh, i think we can all agree we who have used areas love it for the quality you get the price you pay most razors you get at the drug drugstore cost four dollars per blade harry's is only two dollars per blade now i'm not a human calculator but i'm pretty sure that pretty sure that means you're getting a superior product for half the price and since harry's doesn't believe in upcharging like those other guys they keep their prices exactly the same Harry's is confident in the quality of their blades, so they'll send you their popular free trial set, which comes with a razor, five-blade cartridge, and shaving gel. It's free when you sign up for a shave plan. Just pay the shipping. So there's a special offer for fans of the show in our promo code house at checkout to get a post-shave balm added to your order for free. Go to harrys.com right now, enter house, get that post-shave balm, which I also use. Really great stuff. Everything they do, actually. Their face wash. Uh, the shave cream. Now they got a lip balm. They're just they're just uh, doing unbelievable stuff at Harry uh, Harry's. I buy it. I love it. That's Harry's.com code house. And joining us now, the one, the only Bill Simmons to talk some golf on the Shack House. What's happening, Bill Simmons? It's a very uneducated take on golf. I'm upset about the Ryder Cup team. I, I'm really mad that Tiger's not on the team. And now they made him look bad. They kicked him out of the photo. They're turning Tiger into a joke. <laughs> I still believe in Tiger Woods. He's got his he own He knew cart, that he was this. Go, go ahead, Jeff. You should, uh, he has his name on his cart. He has his own cart driver. That's sheer respect for the for the man. He's out walking the fairways, giving advice. He's, he's getting to be a mentor because he's such a mentor kind of guy. This is the greatest golf po- golfer of my lifetime. <laughs> this was the Michael Jordan yeah, of golf. This was the Babe Ruth of golf. 
This was everything we ever wanted from golf was Tiger Woods, and it all came crashing to a halt in 2009. And seven years later, he can't make the Ryder Cup team. I barely know who half of the guys are who are on this team. Like, <laughs> if, you, if you put Ryan Moore, Patrick Reed, Brant Snedeker, and Jimmy Walker in a police lineup and stood them all in front of me and I had to guess who was who, I wouldn't be able to do it. And on top of it... I, I, there was an article in The Guardian about that Davis Love was saying how he's worried that if they don't win this Ryder Cup, America is going to stop caring about the Ryder Cup because we never win. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I already stopped caring. I'm tired of getting our asses kicked. I like being the best at stuff. I don't want to be in a situation where we just get our butts kicked again. I get to watch all these European guys pouring champagne and beer on each other. Like, fuck that. I'm out. Well, I'm glad that you started this off by properly characterizing this as the uneducated um, golf rant. The one thing about Tiger that um, puts the lie to what you were wanting out of the result, the last time the homie had a golf club in his hands in front of an assembled crowd was at Congressional in June, and he had a 100-yard shot that he hit in the water three times in a row. So I'm not sure that the tiger that that we all know and love and 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 remember so fondly is the dude that would have um showed up you know in in an actual sort of competition mode this week house i'm i'm painfully aware of tigers tigers foibles nobody's more aware than me i know about the 100 yard shot i know that he's a shell of himself it doesn't matter we lose the Ryder cup anyway we have 12 guys on the team just put Tiger on. Maybe it'll turn his career around. As a country, don't doesn't it matter to us as a country to make Tiger Woods great again? Forget about making America great again. Let's make Tiger Woods great again. Maybe this would have been the tipping point for him. This would have been the comeback. This would have been his 86 Masters moment. Tiger being in there, maybe this is what he needed. Instead, all we're doing is breaking the guy down emotionally. We're just making it worse for him. We, we, all we're doing is killing his self-esteem even more. We're going to lose Tiger forever. <laughs> now, now, Bill. He's getting to be a mentor. He's getting to lead. This is leadership. He's going to be a future captain after this experience. He's enjoying himself. And by the way, Bill, you've played more golf probably in the last year uh, than Tiger has. Nobody has seen him on a golf course, which makes his return in a couple of weeks rather dubious because he, he hasn't been seen playing anywhere. Can I, I have another problem with this team. Davis Love Please. III is the captain. Davis Love III, I don't know if he's the most boring athlete of my lifetime, but he's in like the top three. <laughs> Great golfer. <laughs> Thumbs up to him. Had an unbelievable video game career in the early 90s. I went head-to-head with David Davis Love uh, many times in PGA Tour 3. I have a lot of respect for the nice. man. I, I, would you want it? Here's the thing. This is how I judge my Ryder Cup captains. Would you want to drive cross-country with them? Now, Bill, he just went to Gillette Stadium and got an inspirational speech from Bill Belichick. And then he, and then he gave a press conference yesterday where he tried to backtrack when he claimed this was maybe the best team ever assembled. He, he then said, well, that's basically what people like Belichick and Nick Saban tell their team, even if they don't believe it. So he not only did he admit that he just is completely full of it, uh, that the, all the football coaches just lie to their players too. He's, he's doing a great job. And by the way, it's only Wednesday. House, I'm not, a, I'm not 100% serious with my Tiger Woods should be in the team take. But I will say, I... Out of all these guys, 
that I'm looking at. Just I'm looking at this roster right now, just trying to get excited. I love myself some Dustin Johnson. Uh, I love Mickelson. And I really love Jordan Spieth. And to me, it's just as shaky to put him on the team as it is to put Tiger Woods on the team because that major, the collapse of the major, might, it, there might be real evidence that he might be broken from that. And I worry about having him in here, and I worry about damaging his self-esteem as a golfer as well. What do you think of that? Well, what I will say is uh, I was actually – I came all the way around to the point of view uh, over the weekend that Tiger should have been the last pick just for the sheer lightning bolt moment that, that during Sunday night football they made the announcement of the last – uh, selection, yeah, and and if that name had been Tiger Woods, you know, the internet would have screeched to a halt. The uh, you know the story all week long. Now the intervening event was the passing of Arnold Palmer, yeah, and that uh, in a very bizarre way had the effect of ta- of, of properly taking away the attention of the last you know selection onto the Ryder Cup so in retrospect it was probably for the best that Tiger wasn't that pick because the competing stories of Arnie's passing and Tiger onto the Ryder Cup would have it would have broke the internet for sure it would have been way worse for the internet than um, Kim Kardashian's ass I think who was who was the last pick Ryan Moore Moore. oh I'll never forget where I was when I heard that news that was great (laughs) I remember, like, like all of a sudden, my phone started ringing and my cell phone, and I, I my things started beeping. I was like, "What happened? Is they, did, is the country being invaded?" It was like, "No, actually, they picked Ryan Moore for the Ryder Cup." So, what a moment! What a great moment for all of us. Uh, yeah, I think we're gonna get our asses kicked again. I just think the Europeans own us, and we needed to do something funky. How many? How many of the last six Ryder Cups? How many have we won? One. Yeah, why? Yeah, why should a, I watch this? Record. Hey, Shaq, well, you know more. You watch it. Shaq, you know more about golf than anyone I know. Why should I watch this? Give me three reasons why I should care. Because you'll see pro golfers do things you'll never see any other time of the year: choke their brains out, clutch up, get excited, get emotional, do ridiculous things with their wives out on the golf course at opening ceremonies, and dress ridiculous ways, and paint their faces, and act uh, like patriots uh, I, that's like one or two in there is um, there is there gambling the european well you can gamble on matches of course it's quite fun to bet on the matches uh you need to yeah, obviously real time right house it's you know it's you yeah but there's a whole list ready. of of props already i mean you can buy odds on uh who's going to finish mm. with the most points you can buy odds on whether the U.S. or Europe are, uh, are going to win. Europe's the underdog. You can go ahead and bet your oh, your little heart away on on the, your European pick. Right now, they're like plus one forty five. It's a it's a nice plus bet for you. Uh, you. And then all the the head to head matchups will come out when they announce them, and you can bet those as well. I've got a little bit of capital lined up that I'm going to invest. I'm going to allocate this Ooh. week. Do you, you bet on it? Do you guys want Sal and I to bet on Europe to try to buy the win for America for the Ryder Cup? Because I'm happy to do that. I love my country that much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's the most bettable event in golf, right, House? It, it's very bettable, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and you and Sal with that golden touch, we, that would be very nice. It would be a very kind gesture to the U.S. team. It can use all the mojo 
you can produce. Last last Sunday, I single-handedly turned the Steelers' uh, season around by putting them in all my bets, thinking that they were going to thrash the crappy Eagles team. That turns out not to be crappy. So I'm on a hot streak right now. I uh, I feel bad for Tiger Woods, and I'm going to let you guys do your podcast because you're much smarter th- about golf than me. But I, I just feel like if he couldn't make this team – I don't know. I, I I don't know what happens next for him. And it's been seven years. I mean, Thanksgiving is now, what, seven weeks away? It's just seven years since the incident, which is a lifetime. I mean, yeah. think about that. House, how old is your son? He's six. He just turned six. My son wasn't even born. Yeah, this incident is older than your son. Think about that. Well, look, in two weeks, Tiger's going to play competitive golf, and we'll have a maybe. much better idea. So maybe. Maybe. Oh, Jack says maybe. Uh-oh. My, uh, He's scheduled yeah. to play golf I'm in two weeks. You, Bill has played more golf in the last year than Tiger Woods. He hasn't been playing. I, the, the, it's very optimistic that he, if, whether he shows up or not. Uh, Shaq. I, I, that, I'm, I'm not seeing it. Shaq, how much drug testing He's is there? Ready. How much drug testing is there in golf right now? For PDs and stuff? Well, we don't have the blood testing, so that's the good news. Uh, that was an Olympic thing, and we're now out of the Olympic window, so there's that positive news. And he's been tested a lot. I don't know about the blood. The, no blood testing, though. No. All right. The reason I brought that up was I think Tiger should take all the yeah, PDs. Yeah, more PDs for Tiger. I, last ditch effort. I don't know. Whatever it needs. I, I want Tiger Woods back in my life. I had put all my eggs in the Spieth basket, and... I don't know. It, yeah. it really feels like he. he I, I really hope that wasn't a career-altering loss by him because we've seen that happen in certain sports where, you know, just yeah. a traumatic meltdown and the person's never the same. The best thing about Spieth was that he was so unflappable. Like even when he wasn't playing that well, he was still lingering around in the top three, top four of these majors, and it just seemed like nothing could phase him. And then all of a sudden, he got phased, and now it's like, all right. It's almost like yeah. a like a famous boxer who got not who got just got knocked out. It's like, all right, how are they going to respond to the knockout? And some guys just don't come back. Like R- Ronda Rousey in the UFC hasn't even fought since she's got knocked out. So I don't know. Yeah, no, there's definitely well, he's a concern. Paired, that's the case. He's paired with Patrick Reed. If anybody can, he, maybe Patrick Reed will be his muse. He'll inspire. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, they're, they're going to play four matches together um, if the early press reports are any indication. And Patrick Reed um, will not tolerate any half-stepping. And, and he said last time they played together, they bet each other uh, in the matches. So that's always a good inducement. If you and I were betting Simmons uh, against each other, I know it brings out the, the, the best between us. Yeah, I'm going uh, to bet on Jordan Spieth just to support the franchise. And I... I Phil, Phil to me is, I, I just think, Shaq, who do you think would be the hardest to beat in a one-on-one skins just from like the mental aspect of it? Probably Phil just because he loves it so much and he raises yeah. his game. and he, As long as there's money on the line, he, ha- he has to be gambling. Yeah, do you think he, he gets bored. Do you think he goes <laughs> side bet with the guy to try to psych him out like in the, pra- in the practice? Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, he's got every, every trick up his sleeve. Every trick. He's got it all. House, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to bet He's on Phil. I'm betting on Phil, and I'm betting on Europe to try to uh, buy the win for the U.S. Ryder Cup. Thanks for inviting me on the podcast, guys. You're doing a great job. All right, Bill. All right. Thanks for Take coming care. on. Thanks, Bill. Don't worry right. about Tiger. He'll be fine. <laughs> I'm very worried. I'll see you.
Friends, before we go on, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors today, Blue Apron. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients taste better and are better for you. So it's important to know where your food comes from. I, my own self, Joe House, I love to do the cooking and have cooked with Blue Apron. I love not only the variety of the ingredients used and the ease with which the meals are prepared, but I also love the proper dosing. They send you exactly the right amount based on the size of meal that you're wanting to prepare. They send you exactly what you need. No waste and the perfect amount for leftovers if your appetite is not, you know, house-sized that particular day. Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S. So some of the meals available September, eggplant and chickpea tagine with islander pepper tomato and couscous that is exotic my friends summer udon noodle salad with cherry tomatoes corn and summer sweet pepper that indian summer flavor check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com backslash shack house you will love how good it feels tastes and enjoy creating incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. BlueApron.com slash Shack House. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. And friends, Shack House peoples, you know Shack and I love to talk about Athletes Collective. Great quality, great fitting running gear. I would also say athletic gear. I am a big fan of their newly released V-neck short sleeves. Shaq loves the long sleeves. It's long sleeve season as we're approaching the fall here. <laughs> we're it's wearing time. them here at Hazeltine House. <laughs> you have that? You have on oh. your Athletes Collective long oh, sleeves, don't you, Shaq? A, oh, it's been a little chilly, and I'm wearing it and loving it. Well, it's a perfect time to jump into some Athletes Collective. They have a great bundling option on the website right now. You can buy their best sellers together at a reduced price. I, I, my own self, like the house combo pack. Two V-necks, two long sleeves, all together, one pair of shorts. I like to go with five items when I build a, a, little, a little pack for myself. Um, that, that goes perfectly into my luggage for, for travel like you're on right now, Shaq, with your long sleeves. Oh, yeah. Love it. Pack right up. Roll it right up. Don't worry about wrinkles. I'm a happy man. Go to athletescollective.com, enter the promo code HOUSE, and receive 15% off your first order. All orders include free shipping and returns to the U.S. or Canada. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Athletescollective.com, promo code HOUSE. Joining us now is Dave Shedlowski, longtime veteran golf writer who has uh, worked for numerous publications, including uh, Golf Digest, Golf World. He covered many important USGA events this summer. And uh, we're really honored to have Dave because he has been working for quite some time, I'm sure he'll tell us how long, uh, with Arnold Palmer on a uh, follow-up to Mr. Palmer's autobiography. Um, And that book will be coming out in two weeks. Obviously, Dave, uh, we thank you for joining us. It's been a, a probably... I haven't talked to you at all. I don't know how this has gone. I know you've been working on this book, um, but maybe just uh, if you don't mind taking us through. Uh, I, I learned about this news from you on Twitter, and um, and it uh, broke my heart, and I can only imagine you working so closely with the man that even though you knew it was coming, it was still still brutal. 
It was. I'd just seen him about a month ago, August 24th. I was in La Trobe for the Summer Stag, a, uh, an event that they have at the club. I'm always uh, honored to be invited by Doc Giffen to play in the spring, summer, or the fall stag and get a chance to see Arnold every chance that, uh, that, that we get a chance to play the golf course. And it's funny, he'll even come out and watch us play golf. And if you can imagine the opposite effect of having seen Arnold Palmer play golf all these years, and now he's watching Doc Giffen and I and others just hit golf balls it's it's a jarring it's just a jarring uh you know flip of the the switch but anyway um the book itself was uh about a year and a half in the making really started march of last year i did a lot of research i read every book that arnold had done and pulled things out of that that i really wanted to follow up on and ask him and and there were certain things that he wanted to talk about i mean there were things that happened to him even 50 years ago that he had a thought about that he hadn't really shared before you know just saw sort of like how do I feel about a certain subject now as opposed to when it happened mm. and so th- that's really the, the book uh, a life well played is really about things that happened in his life and how he looks at them uh, you know as he as he got older and, and certainly uh, we didn't know um, that he would be uh, passing away before it was out but we certainly felt like that could happen yeah Yeah. um where did you do a lot of the the conversations and and did you go to his place in orlando or in latrobe and and kind of what was the 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 vibe like when you do that was just just you two or was doc giffen uh there as well well we uh i spent a week in latrobe last september after I'd done all this research and, and I'd looked, in fact, I'd also looked at old videotapes that they had in the uh, archives and uh, just a lot of different things that you find and and want to ask them about. And there are some new stories in there that's kind of cool that uh, you never really talked about. But uh, spent a week with him and, and as he put it, I grilled him a lot. And I, there's a funny story that uh, after the third day, and we always had lunch together every day. We'd work a little bit in the morning, and then I'd talk to him in the afternoon. In the afternoons, he was usually better because he'd loosened up a little bit after lunch for some reason. But oh, uh, well, what, what contributed to that, I, I wonder? Well, <laughs> glass of wine always helped. Or an Arnold Palmer with something in it. <laughs> you never know what kettle one might reach his lips. But, uh, good for and, him. And good for him. And you know what? Um, the, at that age, you should do whatever you want. Uh, but uh, one day I walked into the the grill room at Latrobe Country Club, and Kit was there, his wife, and Doc had already gotten there. I was basically the last one to show up, Jerry, his younger brother. I'm sitting down, and Arnold kind of gives the elbow to Kit and says, that's the guy who keeps grilling me every day. <laughs> and then uh, and he, you could tell he was, you know, he was just joking with me, and, you know, I sit yeah. down, and then he, he kind of sits there for a second, he turns back to Kit, and he says, why am I doing this again? And it was almost like he thought about it, and it's like, wait a minute, do I really need this? You know, it's like, and Kit just looks at him, and she says, because you still have something to say. And he didn't say another word. He just nodded and, you know, went about, you know, having his soup. And, yeah, that's exactly right. He still had something to say. And maybe it wasn't always a deep thought, but it was certainly, in some ways, the things that happened to him in his life he definitely had some different thoughts on just how he viewed them, what they meant to him, the significance of them, what he maybe even learned about them. Now, one of the things about you, Dave, is that you cover a lot of tour golf. And so I'm curious in 
having worked with Mr. Palmer on this and then watched a lot of the, I, I, ho- I, I don't know how much of the coverage you saw on Golf Channel. They did a wonderful job, everybody calling in, and we've had press conferences here, players talking about his influence. But you also cover pro golf, and you know that not everybody is inspired, or is, is continuing on the things that Arnold Palmer did. And maybe nobody can. Maybe it's impossible. Maybe he was just one of a kind. Is that, is that fair? I think that is a good point. Um, it's very difficult to be Arnold Palmer because you have to love people and um, you have to love golf beyond uh, you know anything else that you want to do. I mean, Jack Nicklaus, as great a player as he was, he loved golf, but he didn't love it like Arnold Palmer loved golf, and he doesn't play it. I mean, Arnold Palmer played golf until he could not play, literally physically couldn't play it. And you put that together, I think, just as those two things, uh, just you know, the example that his mom and dad set for him to just treat everybody like the, you know, he would want to be treated and to treat them no matter what they did, who they were, um, just to treat them as human beings, as individuals, that, you know, to treat them with respect no matter what they did. It's hard to do sometimes. It's hard for you and I to do that. Uh, and, and we don't have Sharpies being thrown in our face and uh, the, the bothered at dinners and all that stuff, and yet he still did it with such class. He did, and, and you know, another story uh, related to that visit uh, last month. I'd come in, and, and I wanted him to sign. I got a couple of advanced readers' copies, and they're probably worth a lot of money now because who knew that he would be passing. But I had him sign them, and, and I was getting up to leave because uh, we were going to go play golf. And um, he said, where are you going? Sit down. What's your hurry? And, you know, he you know, Dave Shedlowski to him doesn't really mean anything except that I helped him with a book, you know. I mean, I wasn't an important person. I wasn't he wasn't trying to prove anything to anybody. I wasn't trying to do anything. He was just being a nice person and saying, hey, sit and talk with me, you know. And that's the way he was. He just, he enjoyed people. So when you look at all of his accomplishments, and you've obviously... You, you've studied a lot of players, and obviously you know Jack Nicklaus very well, and you know his record uh, probably better than anybody. Um, many people mentioned this week, well, it's, it's more than the record with Arnold, although the record's pretty unbelievably great. Um, what, what are some of the things that you think? I mean, I, I, as a golfer, I think of his embracing the Open Championship, uh, as a sports fan, I think about some of the things he did to kind of put the foot down and protect athletes with Mark McCormick. Uh, I, I I don't know. I seize on some odd things maybe to some people, but I, he 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 touched so many different things. I mean, how do you even narrow down what his greatest uh, influences and impacts on on sports and society were? Well, I think you summed it up with the question. It really is very hard to do, and, and we didn't even you know, think about some of the things, such as his, his ability in 1968, along with Jack Nicklaus, to really create the PGA Tour. I mean, that was something that, I mean, when they talk about, you know, everybody who makes a paycheck today owes, right. you know, so much of a percentage to Arnold Palmer. Well, they're talking about the, you know, the endorsement aspect and the prize money and so forth. But just the creation of the tour itself was Gardner Dickinson, Jack Nicklaus, and Arnold Palmer. And, um, you know, and we don't talk about that. I th- but I think really the greatest impact that Arnold had in his life and career was simply the example of himself. Now, whether people, as you've said, do they carry that forward? 
you know, that's an individual decision, but that's the impact. I mean, I mean, there are people who know that Arnold set a standard and who know that they should follow it and they don't. And it's just, it's just so hard to do. And yet that is, you know, that is the standard. That's the gold standard for how a professional golfer should be. Uh, you've just you know sports. You've you've covered it, uh, writing for newspapers. Uh, is it? I I, I heard uh, somebody say today they put him in the league with uh, Jackie Robinson and Babe Ruth, and maybe Ali as the most important figures in in American sport. Is uh, is that a, is that accurate? Um, oh, it's definitely in the ballpark. I think that we could argue that that he might be. Not the most significant one of the one or two. I would put Ali and, and Palmer in the same class as just uh, how they change how they change things how they how they change the perception of uh, athletes. Ali did it his way and Palmer did it his. But let's face it, Arnold Palmer changed the way people looked at golf, and he did that through not being some loud, uh, uh, cacophonous kind of shouting, look at me individual, he did it by example. And that example was charisma and charm, uh, athleticism, um, certainly success. I mean, let's, let's not forget that 17 years in a row he won a PGA Tour event. That's still a record that he holds with Arnold Palmer, even more than Arnold. You know, people think that he, you know, they forget a lot of other golf accomplishments he had. But, look, he was significant because he changed people's perception of the sport of golf and sports in general through his endorsements and everything else. Now, and everything that has come after that is a product of what he did, and that's simply that's undeniable. Yeah. Well, we look forward to the book. We thank you for taking a few minutes here away from this wild and wacky Ryder Cup that, that, like all the others, is shaping up to be a doozy. I wish Mr. Palmer was here to take all this in. I'm sure he probably rolls his eyes at some of the <laughs> some of the drama and you nonsense. Are you are not kidding. <laughs> uh, thank you, Dave, so much. All right, friends, time for a speed round. As always, presented by Callaway, the number one irons in golf. Jeff Shackelford, I am going to use this speed round to walk you through some early thoughts on how I might allocate some capital. I want to get your reaction. We have some odds uh, on, a, on a handful of things, uh, some, some, some good ideas on um, who might, who's going to win as between the U.S. and Europe, the top U.S. point score, the top Euro point score. So let's go ahead and jump right into that. Let me tell you right now the odds to win. Uh, we have the U.S. as not quite a prohibitive favorite, but a, a market favorite. The U.S. right now, you have to pay $180 to win 100 So that's, Oof. you know, uh, 7 yeah. to 4, call it. Uh, yeah. Um, what do you think about that 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 line right there? The U- Europe, you can you can uh, if you bet 100, you win 157 at this moment, according Ooh. to the site I'm looking Jump at. Jump on it. Jump on it. Remember, you, House, now— I don't know what uh, <clears throat> the people you allocate your capital with uh, prescribe, but remember, if it's a tie, Europe retains the cup. So I don't know if uh, that. If well, that's this bet is which team will lift the trophy. Okay. So Europe lifting the trophy, a tie, oh. a tie counts uh, for, 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 for this for this wager. 
I'd be all over that. I mean, come on. Everything points to the U.S. overthinking this. The Europe's come in quietly. Now they do have some, some holes potentially in their lineup more than the U.S., I think. Uh, but you just don't know in the Ryder Cup. And then, I, I, you know, I think a few of them have been mumbling. They like this weather. They like this cool weather. That's a good thing for uh, for them. So, I don't know. Where were you leaning on your, your allocation there? You're not uh, I was gonna, not gonna I was going to bet the United States at that. No, I was not going to bet the United States. I, I like when these golf bets to to um, to, to get odds. So I was going to take yeah. a, a, sm- a small taste on Europe, mainly because it would help wipe away the sour taste on Sunday. I don't like that Sunday sour taste. The singles matches are ending, and there's no way the U.S. can win. It's a it's you know I've grown too accustomed to it. <laughs> So the little a little sweetener would be that that Europe at plus one fifty seven to lift the trophy. That would be one way to wipe away the sour taste. Now let's look at top U.S. point scorer. Right now, DJ is uh, uh, three and a half to one. Jordan mm. Spieth five to one. Patrick Reed seven to one. Phil, curiously, to, at least mm. to me, at ten to one. Ricky Fowler eleven to one. Kepka twelve to one. Kucher twelve to one. JB Holmes thirteen to one. Snedeker fifteen to one, Ryan Moore fifteen to one, and then uh, Jimmy Walker and Zach Johnson bring up the rear at eighteen to one. What uh, on this list? The one observation I'll make before we get your thoughts: it's curious to me that Ryan Moore is is there at fifteen to one. I know, I uh, know. And, and, I'm sending and it your makes money me, now. I want it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it makes me think that somebody has a point of view on. Uh, you know whether or not um, he's going to get sufficient opportunities right. to play. Yeah. Right. And that's a, yeah, and that's a legitimate concern, I think, because he was nowhere, nowhere on Davis Love's radar. He had not spoken to him hardly at all until I think he invited him to that session at Hazeltine. He hadn't been fitted for a uniform, and it may be hard for them because remember we've been told Tiger has been running the numbers and they've got strokes gain stuff and they've they're crunching the analytics and they've been plotting pairings for for months weeks and months and and ryan moore's name was never in that so i think that is probably an astute observation that somebody's thinking ryan moore only plays uh maybe two times before the singles so, uh, but I'm also feeling like a couple of people, we're not going to see an alternate shot. And I don't know how you don't take uh, in, in foursomes Ryan Moore, the way he's putting, the way he's playing. Uh, that That's where you want the hot hand. The four ball, you can kind of get away with these things more. So uh, Phil and Zach scream out to me as two people who are only going to play four balls and singles, three matches each. And so that helps Ryan Moore's chances. The other two, I don't know about you, but the other two that stood out to me, uh, were Brooks Kepka and J.B. Holmes. I love the way Holmes played at Valhalla, and he's been very solid all year. And Brooks is coming in very quietly, is very passionate about the Ryder Cup. And it could go either way. He could try too hard and just be just be uh, uh, putting uh, way too much effort into it and then stinking it up, or the fact that he comes in quietly and is just this great little secret weapon of the United States uh, uh, I, those are the three names that stood out to me at those prices. Yeah. I, I love all three of those. I like that Kepka angle. He's, to me, the only sort of true rookie. 
I know that Ryan Moore is a Ryder Cup rookie, but he's been on tour for 12 years and has a very accomplished um, wow. Great match, uh, match uh, resume as yeah. an amateur. And then also he's been good in the, um, you know, more good than bad in the World Golf Championship yep. match play events. Yep. Um, so I don't, I don't treat Ryan Moore really as a rookie. Kepka strikes me as kind of the only rookie. And we sometimes, for the U.S., the rookies are the ones who have really excelled. Um, and we have to look no further than Spieth and, and Jordan Reed, uh, you know, last time around here. I, I, I said Jordan Reed? Reed? Goodness gracious. Is that, is that what, what is we're it? calling the team now, Jordan Reed? You know, I, I, I have this he, thing uh, right now. It's, is he the assistant he's, he's coach po- to Luke Jackson of the Lakers? Yes, exactly. He's been coached by Luke Jackson of the Los Angeles <laughs> Lake Show. I, I'm telling you. Not enough coffee in the afternoon here in the DMV. Anyway, Spieth and Reed as rookies both acquitted themselves quite well, Reed especially. And in fact, I'm going to put down a heartstring wager on Patrick Reed on this top U.S. point scorer thing at 7 1. Just a taste, just because I want to root for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, why not? I, th- I don't. I, there's no reason to talk you out of that one. He's he's a great player and he loves this. And again, he's kind of been. Uh, I like the one thing I like about this all this ridiculous hype and these these press conferences. They've kind of stashed these younger guys away a little bit quietly, and we haven't seen much of them around the the press center yet. And they they've just been kind of going about their business. And so maybe that's part of the strategy is that the the vice captains and the big names like Phil, who who maybe is not going to play as much as he had has in the past, are, are taking the heat and doing the uh, putting the energy into this stuff while those guys just go and enjoy their golf and and work on their games like a normal golf tournament. Well, the Euro team, kind of the diametric opposite, six rookies on this team. Yeah. Uh, so for top Euro point scorer, obviously R- Ricky, uh, <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm reading the names and I'm going to say them wrong. <laughs> Rory McIlroy, three to one. Henrik yeah. Stenson, five, five and a half to one. Justin Rose, six to one. Sergio, six to one. Danny Willett, ten to one. Matt Fitzpatrick, ten to one. Uh, Westwood at twelve to one, Keimer at twelve to one, Rafael Cabrera Bello fourteen to one, Thomas <laughs> Peters sixteen to one, and then Andy wow. Sullivan and Chris Wood. Uh, actually, Andy Sullivan's twenty to one, Chris Wood's twenty-five to one. Um, it seems like you have to sort of hang in on the top six names there um, to, to if you have any genuine hopes of cashing. Uh, McElroy, Stenson, Rose. Garcia, Willett, uh, Fitzpatrick, maybe Keimer at twelve to one. Um, what about Peters? Keimers- Come on, Peters has been playing oh, wow. incredibly well. That to me, so it, that's, that's again, if he just gets enough reps, as our friend Tiger would say. Uh, oh dear, I'm sorry. I, I have to pause. They just flashed that photo of Hal Sutton on the screen here in the press center with his cowboy hat on. That's it. Just throws me off every time. Anyway, the, <laughs> the uh, Thomas Peters, if he gets, if he gets. Uh, uh, four matches. He, uh, I, 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 I love him at that number. I, I, I'm just very bullish on his game. And even though, uh, for whatever mysterious reason, Darren Clark wanted to pick Luke Donald over him, and then was forced to to take him because he he won uh, uh, the last event there that that he needed to win in uh, uh, Denmark. He, uh, he I, I just, he has to play, and I'd be shocked if, unless something's happened to his game in three weeks, uh, jump all over that one. Yeah, that the only concern there is getting getting the rounds, having yeah. enough rounds to, to so score Sullivan the points. and Wood, I think, are, are trending towards playing very little, uh, if at all, yeah. until Sunday. It sounds like. Yeah, I might make a. I'll probably make a put a small taste on Justin Rose. 
um, yeah. just because he seems to be in form. He ha- having won the the gold medal in the Olympics, and he's always up for this Ryder Cup. He has a stellar record. So small taste on on Justin Rose at sixty one. Yeah. And Fitzpatrick so, is just. Uh, I, think, I think Fitzpatrick's going to be the key for Europe because people have really been talking down his game, and um, I, I watched him in the Walker Cup at the National, and he is a, a dreadful person to play against in match play. He just. He just drives the ball so beautifully, and he just feel like he, you get that sense watching him. He's just not going to screw up, so you have to make birdies to beat him, and that could be so demeaning, even on a course like this where the rough's been hacked down and the rough isn't quite the factor you think. It's still a golf course where you have to hit a lot of fairways, I think, and um, he's people have really been a little bit down on him, and I'm I'm a little surprised. So I think he's going to be somebody to to watch closely. I like it. Let's um, go into winning margin. This is uh, how much would you know e- each side. So Europe winning by between one and three points is four to one. Europe winning by four to six points is eight to one, and a Europe uh, whitewash would be sixteen to one. You can get a tie at twelve to one, and maybe that's a nice play. You run a tie angle along yep. with Europe lifting the cup. That might be a, tie, a nice the parlay tie. of some sort. Loving the tie. Uh, I think it's going to be 12 to 1 on the tie. U.S. winning by 1 to 3 <laughs> points is only 2.5 to 1. Uh, by 4 to 6 points is a little under 4 to 1. And U.S. – this is terrible. I can't believe this. The U.S. winning by 7-plus points is 3.5 oh. to 1. Oh, please. That's seven, crazy talk. It should be it, it should be thirty five to one. It should be fifty to one. It's not. Yeah, that's terrible. Once again, the odds makers just just give you nothing to to get excited about. At least in that, that's well, terrible. Well, we both agreed that a tie is looking kind of tasty. What? Why do you think a tie looks good? I just think both teams are are pretty evenly matched. Uh, I I think our the 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 things you see coming in with the American players. We have about the same number who are playing really well and the same number who are not playing just so-so and the same number who are playing what appears to be fairly mediocre golf. Um, but, again, I, I just I don't feel like there are many players that are going to be stashed away um, a whole lot in the, in the matches. I, feel, I, I sense Phil and, and Zach partially because they're a little bit older and just partially because of the, their games will be – uh, maybe uh, stashed away and only play three times, and Sullivan and Wood probably won't see a whole lot. But other than that, it's it's you feel like most of the players are pretty confident, and uh, it should be close. And I, uh, I I I don't see a route. I certainly don't see that at all on either either side. It's just it's, it's, the yeah, players me, are too I'm good. I'm right there the, with you. Yeah, it's it's the course doesn't scream massive uh advantage to either team you know the euros have shown they like this kind of course the americans definitely have addressed the rough that they used to try to grow at these things thinking that would help them and it always backfired because it ended up putting all the emphasis on the short game um so uh we shall see but uh i like a close match and maybe i'm just maybe i'm just rooting for that because i want it to be interesting at the end yeah, well, you and me both. So yeah. on that very note, just give me one singles matchup, your must-see singles matchup on Sunday. Well, one you're really love, hoping for. I'd, I would love to see McElroy and Dustin Johnson just because I feel like they're both playing as well as or better than anybody here. And that's always fun when you get two players who are, who are going at it. Um, 
Who else? Boy, I, I didn't uh, I didn't know you were going to ask that one. I'm going to have to think. Let's see. I, I, I guess I'm always fascinated by whoever Phil plays in Sunday singles, and I'm trying to think who in Europe, who would be the most fun to see him. I mean, Westwood doesn't put up with any of his uh, gamesmanship and, and yeah. ploys. What about He's, Sergio and Phil? Oh, yeah. Now, on the other hand, there's Sergio who can uh, – there's a great oral history – in the in the golf digest preview by John Huggin and and Dave Shedlowski interviewing caddies coaches and and everybody else and and the uh, the discussion of Sergio and the ways that he tries to play games with you uh, is just comical because they they all say the same thing as soon as you <clears throat> push back a little or you completely don't fall for it and then maybe you throw in a little something at, at him some sort of little question make him put something out he, he he just flips so uh that i think that's a wonderful nomination phil versus good Sergio. i like that too but the, the one i'm going for i want patrick reed and rory mcelroy mm. mainly because i feel like that singles match has the best possibility for fisticuffs and I, I mean, when I look at all of the, the matchups, nobody, I don't think there's anybody out there that, that would be inclined to take a swing. But I could see one of those guys being pushed over the edge just a bit. And I think that the crowd would really foment yeah. the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the dislike. And I don't think those guys in that kind of setting with, you know, what will be at stake will need much in the way of, of you know, digging down deep and hating their opponent for the purposes yeah. of that competition. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 that would be my, my pick just because I feel like, you know, there could be a dispute that would lead to, to some rolling around in the turf. Well, and we would hate to have a dispute and, and people bickering and vice captains staring at each other. That would be terrible, wouldn't it? <laughs> i'm sorry it's fun it's great it's it's uh and you know we thought it was going to be so boring this year too with uh, darren clark is a gentleman and davis loves the gentleman and and uh, and clark has been pretty quiet but they're still they all have their little little things going on and and uh the europeans are having so much fun with that best best team ever assembled and rory giving back the best task force ever assembled line was just beautiful so it's all the uh, the and then the now you have this Willet factor, uh, which adds some some intrigue there with somebody who was kind of coming in under the radar, the Masters champion, and uh, I know the people here will see those comments. So it's it's uh, and then you just throw in this this venue. And by the way, just a quickly a word on the venue house. It's uh, they've 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 rerouted it probably for corporate tent. Uh, uh, maximization and and <laughs> profit motive but i think it's going to work out pretty well you know hazeltine's been famous for having this 16th hole down on the water great thrilling hole wacky things happen it's a it's a brutally difficult hole um but i'm i was out today we did a thing for golf channel with john cook about the last few holes and the 17th hole in particular i think the closing holes if matches get to the end are going to be fun too so the course isn't a masterpiece but it's going to have a great uh, feel to it with the combination of the people here and the uh, un- the grandstand on the first tee is unreal it looks like an a, a small amphitheater for a concert so i'm uh yeah I'm, I'm very bullish on all that hopefully people will behave and we won't have any anything spill over into anything too goofy the people here seem awfully nice i don't i don't feel like that's going to happen but on the other yeah, hand it's house, minnesota house, i've been out walking around you know i did morning drive and i'm out early and uh, the Bloody Marys in the morning. Oh, 
holy mackerel every like like every fifth person you walk by and there's this you're thinking wow okay that's a lively start to the day i know it's a practice round it's a little dull but <laughs> so sounds yeah, wonderful they, they how like am i their, not there i don't know but they like their bloody marys early here um what's an expected bless that? yeah so well on that note it's going to be spectacular the 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 emotions are running high for everybody participating we saw already today wonderful 10-minute tête-à-tête between David Duval and Brando Shambly on the Golf Channel. <laughs> that was yeah. So we're, we're clashing amongst ourselves in America here now. It's sad. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. It's, actually, it's, it's it's wonderful. Every it's yeah. because we care so much. Yeah. Hey, uh, should we mention that this fine episode of Shack House has been presented by Odyssey Golf, the number one putter in golf house? Did you did you know that? You, I think you knew that. You have an Odyssey in your I bag, right? I have one right? in my bag, of course. Yeah, and it's also going to be the number one putter at the Ryder Cup. Did you know that? I did not know that. That's yeah. actually very cool. Yeah, a lot of lot of Odysseys this week. It's uh, their specialty has always been, of course, the insert technology, the classic white hot insert to the Fusion RX insert. Uh, audio uh, Odyssey has been providing the feel and roll that's beloved by the best players in the game for decades. So check out their current line of putters at odysseygolf.com. They're the number one putter in golf. They're the number one putter at the Ryder Cup. And hopefully for the American team, they're finally going to make some putts because really that's still all this comes down to. The Europeans always putt so beautifully here, and uh, we just don't quite putt as well. So uh, hopefully that is the case. It should be a great event. Of course, you can... Check us out at uh, House from DC at uh, excuse me at House from DC on Twitter. I'm Jeff Shack on Twitter, JeffShackelford.com. Oh, and House, we got to plug a little piece we wrote on on Arnold Palmer again. Um, we did, yeah, really a cool, nice tribute. Uh, cool, what a, what an interesting man. And you know when you you, he, I just want to say this last thing about him. One of the the things we tried to convey in this is that I think people in sports. Uh, have a short attention span like anything else these days and they don't quite know and I think as as the days pass and everybody kind of goes beyond the the uh, the emotions when you start thinking of all the things that he touched and obviously he was involved with other people and they deserve as much credit but Arnold Palmer had this gift for recognizing things that he should be associated with and giving it the final push and he just had an impeccable sense of of what was the right thing to be associated with and what wasn't. And we tried to convey that in the world of sports, I don't uh, really very few people realize how many things he influenced that then have led to what we know as the, the business and world of sports today and the, the place that the athlete has. They were getting totally screwed, athletes were, before he and Mark McCormick kind of figured things out and started the, uh, the entrepreneurial side. And so we tried to convey that, and I, I think it's uh, hopefully something. Obviously, when the person just passes, you don't want to dwell on it too much. But I think in the world of sports today, it's important people know that. Yeah, that was a little a kind of lesser-known incredible aspect to his incredible legacy. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, it's been a great week. Should be a great Ryder Cup. We are going to talk to you a couple days after the Ryder Cup because we are going to work very hard on getting a very special guest. We We would love to be there. Monday morning quarterbacking, but we have decided we want to we want to give all the people involved a little time to chill out, and then we'll hit them up for a little guest spot on Shack House. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.
This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 